We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Show today presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC and MyBookie will match your first deposit, your initial deposit, uh, dollar for dollar, all the way up to 1000 bucks. By the way, uh, Chris Cooley, who joins me on the show today, Philly opened as a four-point favorite. They're now up to six and a half um, against Washington on Sunday. Um, so uh, Philly's odds uh, to win the division, they become a significant favorite to win the division. Um, they are a big-time favorite on the road, now six and a half at Washington. Just to give you guys an idea, I mean, even though Washington doesn't get three points for being a home team, they're one of the few teams in the league that doesn't get that you know, credit from odds makers. Um, still, if you say it's two points, uh, Philly would be you know, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral field and an 11-and-a-half-point favorite if, you're, if they were playing the game in Philadelphia this week. So uh, a lot of people on Philadelphia right now and a lot of belief in the Eagles after the performance they put on Monday night. But mybookie.com, mybookie.ag, I use my promo code KevinDC. Cooley is with me on the show today. You're going to do some film like you did last week. We're going to have some conversations about the team. What are you prepared to do? I don't want you to start yet because I actually have something for you before you start. Are you going to do the list that I sent you or did you? And by the way, I'm going to li- do the, the list that you sent me. And I, I, I know that after we talked last week and I said you had given me five things and next week you're going to give me six, <laughs> that you really scaled it back and typed three things into the list. I did. It's that or you were lazy and you didn't want to continue to think about all the things you needed to send. One or the other. I'm prepared to do Carson Wentz, D-line, run defense, all defense, and first-half offense versus second-half offense. I, I think what it was was you did say last week, you know, that I had sent you this list of five things to do film, you know, breakdown of, and that you said on the show that the list is going to keep growing. So that was in the back of my mind. But what was also in the back of my mind was that you had told me earlier this week that you didn't watch the Washington game. You were watching the Pittsburgh game. You were watching a lot of NFL on Sunday. But where you were, it was the Pittsburgh-New England game. And, you know, in a game in which Washington was down 22 to nothing at the half, I mean, I guess you could make the case that there's more that we should want to learn 
about this team after the game that it played on Sunday against Detroit. But I knew that there was there were a lot of plays. There was a lot going on. And so I just wanted to keep it short and sweet for you so that you didn't say, oh, I, I just, you know, I've, I've got to manage this thing properly. That's my that's my goal here. I, I, I see that, and I like the decision. Okay. And I think, really, there are a lot of plays to talk about in this game. Yes. I think there's a lot of stuff to, to talk about. Film as well on a lot of these plays, but man, there's, there's a lot of nonsense that happened in this game. Okay, before we get to that, I, I want to catch you up to speed on a couple of things. Okay, you may be caught up on this, and I can't remember if I mentioned this to you the, the other day or not. So in the wake of these first two games, there's been a lot of questions about, you know, the defense and the poor defense. They're 28th right now in Football Outsiders DVOA metric um, in the league right now. And it's been kind of a disaster defensively through the first two games. And, and you know, they lost their, their defensive tackle depth with Settle and Ioannidis, and then they drafted Phil Mathis, and he gets hurt early in in week one. Um, And John Allen was not 100% on Sunday. And Cam Curl hasn't played, even though he's expected to play. But it's been a bad defense. So to net it out, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio as well, but Rivera mostly, has essentially been asked, what are the issues? Is it scheme or is it players? And he said, it's players. Like Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have yet to kind of say, hey, it's, you know, it's just as much on us as it is on players. They very much have kind of said, no, it's, you know, a player or two here or there that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. The scheme is fine. Specifically, and this is what I wanted to bring up to you, he talked about the giving up of all of the explosive plays that they gave up on Sunday against the Lions. In that game against Detroit, you know, that def- the, the, uh, the Lions had multiple plays of 49 yards or more. They ended up with um, – uh, hold on, where is it? Um, in, to- in total, they, they had three plays of at least 49 yards, and they had 11 plays that went for 12 yards or more. And Rivera said, we've got to eliminate the big plays. We've got to eliminate the chunk plays. Now, you know, that's easier said than done, but I made this point yesterday on, on radio and on the podcast, and I want to make it again today with you. Um, before I make the point I'm going to make, what would you – define an explosive play as from a yardage standpoint like you know x number of yards or more is considered an explosive play i think a run play is 10 yards or more okay and i think a pass play is yeah i mean it's defined as 20 and i think 20 20 fits the bill if you're giving up 20 yard chunks you're getting gashed Okay, but, so, but a, a true explosive play would probably be a twenty-yard run and a twenty-five-yard plus pass. A ten-yard run, you mean? But well, truly, you said it's plays easy. that well, the plays that kill you that you would count as explosive plays, in my opinion, are ten and twenty okay. run pass. Okay, yeah, you said twenty for run. I was just correcting that. You you meant to say no? 10 I, for I mean, really explosive is a fifty-two-yard. Well, of course. Sweep. But, but here's what I'm getting at. Sam Fortier, who does a really good job of covering the team for the Post. I really like uh, having Sam on 
the radio show and this show. He wrote a story about sort of chunk plays and, you know, the commanders allowing in two games 16 explosive plays, which is fifth worst in the NFL. And explosive plays, according to the NFL, uh, some football analytics website, True Media, is defined, all right, ready for this, is defined as a rush of 12 or more yards and a pass of 16 or more yards. So that kind of you know falls in line with you. Your, your pass is a little bit higher. But they've given up 16 of those plays in two games. Rushes of 12 or more, passes of 16 or more. Okay, so we all understand you got to stop the big explosive plays. But that doesn't explain everything because I went back and I said, all right, well, if 12 is sort of the low end on the rush end um, and, you know, anything less than 16 on the pass end, well, how many, you know, healthy offensive plays have been uh, – have have resulted against this defense? And so for healthy for me, I essentially said, you know, any run or pass – in the 5 to 12-yard range is a healthy play that if you're giving up those kinds of plays, you're going to get beat. You're going to get, you know, those are healthy plays. They may not be defined as explosive, but they're healthy offensive plays. And my question to you before I tell you how many of those plays they've given up in two weeks, do you think that's a fair kind of next level after explosive? 5 to 12 yards, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think a four-yard run. It's situationally as well. Because is a eight-yard draw play on third and 11 a healthy play? Understood. Or is it a Understood. Yeah. survive play? Right. So I, I, think that, I think that three to four on first down runner pass is a healthy play. Well, you've got it less than five. I was going to ask you because I thought about going to four. From four to 11, I I said five to 12. I meant five to 11 because 12 or more as a rush and a pass is considered explosive. So I was really talking about from five yards to 11, but I was going to ask you, I actually think four is a healthy play. You know, a four-yard run three times is a first down. So anyway, netting it all out, Okay, they've given up 16 explosive plays. They've also given up 27 plays of between 5 and 11 yards. And, of course, there is some context there. Like you said, you know, a third and 17 screen for 9 yards isn't very effective. I didn't go back and parse those out. But 27 plays between 5 and 11 yards. And then if you count the 4-yard plays, it's 36 plays. Um Teams have only run the, the the teams have run in two games against them a uh, hundred. I had this written down one hundred and twenty three plays. So if twenty seven of them are five to eleven and sixteen are explosive, that's forty three out of your one hundred and twenty three that are pretty healthy plays. So it's not. My point is, it's not just explosive plays. Like Ron can say, we just need to cut the explosive plays out. By the way, that's a big deal. They count too, but it's more than that. They're getting, you know, they're getting pecked at a lot in the in the five to eleven yard, you know, play range. They got a lot to correct. Is my point? I, do they have a they have a ton to correct? A ton. I'm looking through because I if, I remember on Friday saying to you, if you want to beat the Lions offensively, you need to have them in second and 
10 plus or second and nine plus or even second and eight situations. And Kev, through three quarters, there's a second and 10, second and nine, second and eight, and a second and 15 after a false start. Four, four times of all the second downs. Yeah. And they're always in second and less than five or six in this game. So they gave up healthy play after healthy play in, in first down situations, and it kills you. It kills you, especially when you're not a consistent, solid pass defense. You are there struggling in the secondary. So to give up big run plays early in the game kills you yeah. or healthy run plays. I mean, really, when you look at it, there was almost no times that they held Detroit for no gain or essentially made them take a loss on first down. Not once. Yeah. Once. After a penalty on Sewell. This is the only real second long I can find in this game. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah. You can't play defense that way. You can't play defense beyond the eight ball that way where every single thing is available to the offensive play caller and to the quarterback. Especially that They never got them out of rhythm. They never got them out of balance. And they never put a quarterback who really, really struggles with some pressure, which he was actually okay in this game, but really normally struggles with some pressure in a situation where you could pressure him. Yeah. Yep. Um, here's the other thing I wanted to tell you before we got to what, what you've worked on. Somebody tweeted this out um, that Sunday when they fell behind 22 nothing, marked the eighth time in the Ron Rivera era here in D.C. There's only 35 games now that he's coached in, 14 and, uh, 15 and 20. Um, it was the eighth time that the opponent has scored at least the first 20 points of the game. Eight times out of 35 games. They've been down by 20 or more. Now, let me be clear about this. I went back to make sure that this tweet that I got was accurate. I have only come up with six games in which they were down by 20 or more um, to start the game. Uh, It's still a hell of a lot out of 35 games to be down 20 or more. Um, I can't find the seventh and eighth, but I did go through all of the other games. It is astounding 25 out of the 35 games he that, that of the Ron Rivera era so far, they have been down and usually by a healthy amount, not all of them by 20. But, you know, the first game he coached, they were down 17 nothing at halftime. They came back and won the game with, with Dwayne Haskins. Second game he coached, down 20 to nothing in Arizona. Third game he coached, they're down 17-7. Fourth game, 14 nothing. Fifth game, down 20 to 7. Sixth game, down 10 nothing. And then they played uh, Danucci and Dalton, and they were up on Dallas. Then they were down 20 to 3 against the Giants, 24 to 3 against Detroit. Um, 14 to nothing against Pittsburgh, and then lots of uh, 13 nothings and 7 nothings and 20 to nothings and 10 to nothings in 2020. Last year, Chargers opening game down 7 nothing, Giants 7 nothing, Buffalo 21 nothing, Atlanta had a 10 nothing lead, the Saints had a 20 to 13 lead, Kansas City scored first, Carolina scored first, Dallas had a 24 nothing lead and a 21 nothing lead in their two games against them. I mean, I, I, it's funny because I hadn't considered 
the start to games as much as I've considered the start to seasons. You know, we was one in five here in 2020. They were two and six last year. And we talked a lot uh, over the summer about how important it would be to get off to a good start. Finally, let's get a good start. I mean, especially with the new name and the new branding, you can't, you know, you got to give people something to get excited about, which is why beating Jacksonville was really important, really important for them. But my God, the in-game comebacks that they've had to make to win the games that they've won, I mean, they're basically down every week. 25 of the 35 games, they've been down, you know, to start, and in most of those games, down double digits at some point in the first half. And Sunday was, you know, 22 to nothing. Crazy. Anyway. It's crazy. That's hard to do in the NFL, to be down that much in the first half. You know, when you get blown out, it's usually, you know, a fourth quarter kind of a blowout. You know, they just stretch it out from, you know, a 10-point lead to a 28-point lead or 27-point lead. Um, I'll tell you what, Philadelphia had 350 yards and 24 points on the Vikings on Monday night in the first half. They better be ready when the game starts or they're going to get blown out in the first half on Sunday. All right, what do you got? I'll let you take it over from here. I just wanted to share well, those two things. Before we get to film, here are my couple questions yeah. to you. I'm sitting here watching this game, and there's a third down and seven at the start of the second quarter. We're down 12-0. There's an illegal formation that's declined. So the ball's on the 32, right? Okay. Going in. Okay. It's a third seven. Is, is it Detroit ball? It. It's Detroit ball. Okay. And Siebert kicks a 48-yard field goal on fourth down. Right. Why are you declining a penalty that puts him into what is really a 52-yard kick or potentially a sack or potentially... Are you that unsure that your defense on a third and 12, if you accept that penalty, can't step up and make a play? Huh. A 48-yard field goal is a makeable field goal right now in the NFL. Oh, Very. Oh, it's, it's, probably, more it, than it's probably a 75 to 8 to 70, 70 probably, to 75% thing. Yeah, around the 80%, yeah. 80% mark. But do you know so what? you're essentially do you know, down 50s, 12-0 at that point. 50's really high, too, just so you know. 50 to 52 is really high, too. In terms of the percentages. I understand that, but are you that concerned that, that you're going to give up 12? Yeah. Now, maybe you are because there's a couple of plays later or there's some other plays where we'll talk about that you give up garbage, like a third and 15 DeAndre Swift touchdown. So maybe you are that concerned. But it's third and 12. Yeah. Or Sorry, it would have been third and 12. Would have been third and 12 at the Washington 37-yard line. A sack put – Detroit out of field goal range. Right. You're down 12-0, and you're essentially going, here, have the three points. Good stop. If we hold them to three all game, we'll be fine. Right. I don't I, – I'm asking you because sometimes we don't agree on some of these calls, but I take them back. You decline it if you think they're going to punt, but they're not going to punt. They're just going to make it 48-yard so, field goal, which is not tough. So it's third and 12 – 
at the 37. It would have been. It would have been 3rd and 12 at the 37, it, or... Um, it was 3rd and 7. It was 3rd and 7 and, at the 32. Sweat had a, uh, Swift had a 2-yard run to the 30, which meant it was a 48-yard field goal, and it was 4th and 5. You could have taken the illegal formation, which would have pushed him back to the 37 and made it 3rd and 12. Uh, actually, Chris, I think they did the right thing. I would have taken the penalty, and here's why. Even if you get a stop and they get nothing on third down and incomplete pass, um, you know the the fifty to the fifty to fifty five yard field goal is still better than fifty percent in the NFL right now. It's really when you go beyond fifty five that the the uh, percentages start to drop, especially indoors. Number two, the odds the that. odds are but better the, that they're going the odds are better they're going to get that five yards back. The odds are better that they're going to get at least the five yards back then you're going to get a sack and knock them out of field field goal range. And then you're playing with fire because they can get the first down. Okay, you're playing with fire, and that's fine. But what are the odds of getting a third and 12 right now in the NFL? Uh, And even if they get eight out of it, it still makes it a fourth and four, which is now a 47-yard field goal. Right. I'm fine being in a third and 12 situation if I have any trust in my defense. And essentially, I think it's saying I just don't trust the defense in the third and 12 in this spot. I think that that's probably so it part might of be it. the right decision, but I think you're saying you don't trust your defense. I, put it this way. If my okay. defense was dominant and I had a great defense and, and, I, and I knew I was getting you know really close and getting home and we had a quarterback that was rattled a little bit and there's no chance he's going to complete. Of course, I'm going to push him back. But in that situation it's Sunday. Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, but he's also got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's really good. Um, he, he, you know, Reynolds was good. Hawkinson had some Jake drops Charles. actually. Swift is is good out of the backfield. I, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of just saying okay. I'm, they're going to get five or six anyway. They're going to get it back. I'm not going to give them a chance to get the first down. I I, I would I I don't have a problem with well, him five, declining that. Five penalty. makes it five makes it a fifty yard field goal. Yeah, yeah. Seven makes you know seven puts it right back to where it was. And on third and twelve, yeah. how many times do you see the check down for seven or eight? Yeah, you see it all the time. I, I, but how many times on third and seven do you see a quarterback mess up and take a sack? Well, third and twelve, you mean? Or third and twelve, or yeah. third and anywhere, and that, yeah. yeah, yeah. You could you could do that, but to your point, obviously, I, obviously he's not game, super so confident. He's not super confident. Here's here's one for you. Because I saw it in the Dallas game against um, against Cincinnati Sunday, um, and it was on it was a fourth quarter drive for the Cowboys. Um, let's just say all things being equal, your offense is okay. The defense you're facing is okay. Do you prefer on an eight yard first down run, second and two, or taking the defensive offsides penalty and making it first and five? First and five. Me too. They took the second and two. I, I, I'm, I'd much prefer the down and, and the loss of three See, I, yards there. Yeah, I, I totally agree because, to me, a second and two is a get-the-first-down situation. I, I know a lot of people look at second and short like it's a free play or it's a, man, we do whatever we want. Second, second, down is, second and two for me is quick pass, quick out, get the first down, move on, or run. Run in the ball. Let's pound it up the middle. So that, that's second and two to me. 
Uh, first and five is whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, they, they – here, here it was. It was actually um, uh, first and ten Dallas. They – we're in second and two, and there was a, a yeah, there was a penalty declined, and they took the second and two. See what I what I hate is I second an eight yard play is a really good first down play. Don't get me wrong, but you're still one bad play away from a pressure third down situation. Give me all three. Agreed. Give me all three downs all and, and and that I have, and only five yards to gain to move the sticks, and I'd feel much better. No, no doubt. The only time I don't like that call is if I'm on the receiving end of that eight yard and I get the stats or I'm the running back and I want that second, I want that eight yard carry. <laughs> stat book. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, let's get to all of your film stuff. Oh, what? Well, Do we you want, have something you, else? The, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, and you'd, you'd mentioned this to me the other day is the analytics of going for two late in the game. Right. And Washington went for two where they didn't need to go for two. Well, um, I forget. I I know we had this conversation. I know we've had this conversation before. I know that a lot of us have had this conversation before. Um, the an, the the two point analytics, you know, um, mafia, essentially has decided that the math. If you assume that the two point conversion is a fifty fifty proposition, if you assume that overtime is essentially a fifty fifty proposition. Then when you're down 14 and you score a touchdown in the fourth quarter with limited possessions left in the game, you should go for two on the first score because you should th- be thinking about winning the game in regulation uh, rather than letting it get to overtime where it's 50-50. And if you miss on that first one, well, you'll have a chance on the second one to force overtime anyway. But if you make it on the first one, now you're kicking to win the game in regulation. We've seen this now. Not every team does it. We've seen this, you know, these two-point, you know, down 14 score, down eight two-point analytics in the fourth quarter play out many times. Atlanta did it the other day. They blocked a punt, scored with like five minutes to go in the game, down 31-17, and then it was 31-23. They went for two. They made it. They were up 31-20. They were down 31-25. They got the ball back had a chance to to pull off uh, you know an, uh, an amazing comeback um and then Jalen Ramsey got a, a pick in the end zone uh, to me context is everything I personally don't believe that the assumptions are correct most teams are not 50 50 on two point conversions it's something less than that and then to assume that overtime is a 50-50 proposition, it, it isn't necessarily. And so context matters, obviously, for me. Here's the one point I, I made on this particular two-point analytic, Cooley. If you just kick to extend the game and you play essentially for coming back and tying the game and forcing overtime, the definition of scoring 14 straight points to end regulation and force overtime is – the other team is on the ropes a little bit. You have c- come back. You got, you know, people, I love the, the people that say, you know, there's no such thing you can't define momentum, whatever. The bottom line is the emotional state of the game at that point was, oh my God, we gave up a 14-point lead if you gave it up, and oh my God, we're going to win this game. We just scored 14 straight points. So I don't know that the odds in that situation are 50-50 heading in to overtime. So I would extend the game. The, the other thing, though, too, is obviously do you have a really good feeling about your two-point plays? 
They had already made one two-point conversion. Did they feel like they had another one that they were totally confident in would work? They had been moving the ball at will on Detroit in the second half. And so if they felt that way, and then, you know, they, they're also kind of beholden to the math, then I don't nece- I didn't necessarily have a major problem with it. The context of the game was they really weren't being stopped at that point. They, had, they just kept moving the football in the second half. They had 340 yards in the second half and 27 points. So... Now, the, what killed them, clearly, was when they got down 15, their kicker missed an extra point to cut it to eight, which, by the way, was the right thing to do, kick it there. Um, anyway, uh, that's, that, those are my thoughts. No, I, I, I mean, I just they ran their best two-point play and got it, and they didn't run a great two-point play, and it, wasn't, it was actually not well-executed either. Mm-hmm. And it's not the worst two-point play, but it's... it's Determining that someone does win one-on-one in that situation and that your quarterback throws a, a very good ball into a tight window. I, I'm looking at the OC saying, what's your play? What do you got? Do you have this? And I also think, how many times do you practice some of these plays? And, and teams may do this, and Washington very well may do this. Do you practice enough of these plays in any kind of live look on, in, inside the five-yard line? Because they're not just two-point plays. They're red zone plays inside right. the five how, is how you would look at it. Is, is that how you, is that I, how you practiced it? had a great play. Yeah, you just practice your red zone. You, you don't say – you don't say – I've never said to a team, this is our two-point plays this week. They're just – you just practice your red zone. Is that what Shanahan – is, is, is that what – yeah. Everyone I've played – Everyone that coached. So you never, you didn't have, you didn't have uh, a period of these are the two point plays. No, never once. And the other thing is that normally every team's red zone, every team that I was on, and I'm assuming every coach now in the league that coached with me, which is which is a pretty vast number, is going to run the red zone on Friday. They're going to install their red zone on Friday. And they're going to run through their red zone practice on Friday in what is a light day. Right. I don't – I mean, you get you get it if you have to get it. I don't – I just take a point right there. And it's back to my field goal conversation. Uh, the, I don't just concede three points. I just take a point if that's what I need in that situation to get us to a, another touchdown – and field goal, hopefully, or PAT, because yeah. I mess up all the time. Uh, another PAT gets us to where we need to be. I don't give away points. Well, by the way, it's, you know, part yeah, of... that's a little old school in some ways. No, I, I, know it, offense. I know it is, but the, what I was going to say is, you know, when they moved the extra point back whenever it was six, seven years ago to a 30, you know, seven-yard extra point, um, obviously, the percentage on on kicked PATs has gone down. It's still, you know, well north of ninety percent. Um, but the irony is that Joey Sly missed the extra point at thirty six twenty one, which meant they had to kick this feeble onside kick. Um, because if they if he had made that, they're down eight, and you uh, with three timeouts can kick it deep. Here, here's one thing: just for putting the the. The, the idea of, you know, do, do the analytics make sense? I mean, the math makes sense if the assumptions are correct. 
Okay, I understand. Yeah, but but here's the thing: if you are going for the win, if your idea down fourteen is if you score when you're down seven, you're going to go for the win because you have a you know you you've got a really several good of these you know, good two point plays are right inside the five plays and you want to run them all. And oh by the way, you're on the road and you don't want to go to overtime and on the road. Well, then you should go for two the first time. Because then you yeah, know. No, I, I get it with the prob- I get it when you're you're putting you're stringing two two points together with the probability thing that any one you make is fifty percent. So you know you're going to go for two. I understand the probability, but also I don't love really. I don't. I, I think it changes the way you can play defense if you're up eight. Saying even if they score, you know, they still got to get a two point just to tie. Right. Right. I think it changes the way another team's going to play defense. They can play softer. Well, there's more risk that they can take if they want to take risks, and they can still say and then, and then still that offense. You're counting on that offense to completely execute, and it's it's hard to really execute well if you're two yards out. It's not easy. Condensed field, I know. But you you understand the no, point I that I I just the, the point that I just yeah, made I know, to you, which is if you're I, if, I know I know, but my, my, I just want to make sure everybody hears this. If you are playing, if you decide, and you may decide this even before the game starts, we're going for the win. If it comes down to the end and we score down seven, we're going for the two and the win on the road. Well, if you're down fourteen. And that's your philosophy in the game, and the philosophy continues to be we're going for the win in regulation. Well, then you have to go for the two on the first touchdown because then you know, then you have time to recover from it. Because if you go for it on the second touchdown and you miss, it's over. If you go for it on the first one and you miss, you're still alive, down eight. And that, that is essentially the, you know, the analytics on this, is that you then have a chance to recover from a miss on what is a 50-50 proposition. Knowing what you need after, it's better to know what you need after the first score than the second score, obviously. So, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I also think this changes with, close to 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter where there's still a lot that can happen as far as scoring. Fair point. I think it, I think it changes. If, if you're down to the seven minute mark, when you score your first, then you're essentially saying you got one more possession. They're they're likely only going to have one more possession in this game. That's true. Agreed. That, that's, that, that is a, at the ten minute mark, it's very likely that Detroit has at least two more possessions, and and you do and too. The way this game went, the way this game went, we're not really stopping them. So, and and in so much, we're also likely to have two more possessions, right? If not three, the way a lot of fourth quarters go, and so maybe we tie it, get the ball back, and have a chance to kick a field goal to win a game in a tie situation versus. We're down one, and our kicker has to now make a pressure kick late in the game, or we have to make a decision like the Broncos had to make a, a week ago because uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot less pressure tied if you're going to get that ex- extra possession to just go down the field and try to get three from anywhere. I, I, I think the timing wasn't right for it. What was it? Ten, ten, like was ten, right ten and it. a half minutes when they scored that touchdown, right? Yeah, they scored at 10.44. Yeah, so, so whatever that 
So the point you make is really, to me, the overarching theme on two-point thoughts. Not analytics, not statistics, not anything. Just your approach. For me, I'm only thinking about a less than 50-50 proposition play for an extra point. Uh, all right? And when I know and pretty much can, can define or project that there are only a couple of possessions and scoring types left in the game. When there are multiple possessions and multiple scoring types left in the game, I'm kicking as long as I feel like my kicker is a 95%, you know, you know, uh, PAT kicker, you know, which you, he, they should be from even from 37 yards out, even though the, the numbers have gone down. could have an injury or something, yeah. but yeah. But, or weather could be terrible or whatever. But I, in a normal circumstance, sure. you know, here, here's the problem, like what you said. Now, there were 10 and a half minutes left, so – you're right. I mean, you know, the 10 and a half mark, anything under 10, you start to get into that pro- you know, possibility that you may only have one possession left and they only may have one possession left. But anything beyond that, it's like, look, you might score and it's 29-22 if you kick. Hell, you, you might in the, your next drive with four and a half to go uh, face a fourth and 15 at their 22 and decide that field goal's still a possibility. Because, you know, we're, we're, I know we're down seven, but, you know, 29-25. Or in, in the case of, of the other team, maybe they came down and kicked a f- field goal to make it 31, uh, to make it 32-22. to 22. Now field goal's an option on your next drive. You, you, you can't chase twos. You can't be aggressive on two-point plays for me. When there are so many possessions left in the game and so many different scoring types, you know, two-point safeties and field goals and missed extra points by them and and all of that stuff. That's why I would never really think about it legitimately until, you know, three, four, five minutes are gone in the fourth quarter. Well, I think more for me, more like seven, eight, nine minutes gone in the fourth quarter. I got it. Okay. Because they did think about it with four minutes gone in the fourth quarter. (laughs) Yeah, four and a half, yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm uh, disagreeing with. All right, let's get to your film stuff. We'll do it right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
right, uh, let's do a Cooley film uh, breakdown. And again, like last week, he's not going to do every player. We're doing you know certain players, certain you know situations. Um, you know the defense this week. Last week we did Wentz, and we did. Uh, I forget what we did last week. Whatever. I gave you a couple of things to focus on. The first was I wanted to know what you thought of Wentz's game. Why, you know, in the first half he was getting bum-rushed, looked like he didn't have much time to do anything, and in the second half he ended up throwing for 278 yards and three touchdowns. So give me Wentz's performance, and then we'll move on to some of the uh, defensive stuff. Well, it's interesting when you talk about this because you, I think in some ways you have to include first-half offense with this. And any balance in first-down situations and and how they got Wentz going because I wrote down, and I might have missed one, but the first completion in a normal situation in timing is a spot route to Jahan Dotson with 5.51 left in the second quarter, where your quarterback sets his feet and just throws one that he feels comfortable throwing. We, I did a lot of games with Sonny. I talked about this with Kirk Cousins. talked about this with young quarterbacks as they kept coming in, guys in new offenses. Get them some easy throws early at least continue to work with some stuff that you know you can get completions on. And even if you don't get the first one or two, like get him some completions early. Get the ball out of his hands early so he can get going. I just don't think they got him going early, Kev. Yeah. And that, like, they were behind the chains on the first four drives. I mean, you look at like the first drive they have a run for four yards and then he has a garbage incompletion to to Logan Thomas that's a high ball and then it's a third and four situation where there's a little pressure and I think he misses Samuel on a little inside slant they had a shallow cross and slant and he just eats it he just sits there and looks at it and looks at it and then he doesn't step up and he's kind of trying to run and takes a sack for zero yards they punt it's tough. I mean, start the second drive, and you have a three-man combination, max protection play action from under center, and it's an intentional grounding, and I think it was intentional grounding, and that's just you're dropping him all the way back, and he hasn't hasn't completed a ball yet in the game. Right. You know, the, the third drive, it's a they're backed up a little bit. It's a gun run for two, and then. That's the safety drive. Yeah. Like, oh my god. I mean, they never really got him going. Right. And and that to me is is somewhat of an like the start of the fourth drive. It's a fake reverse, poor action, trying to do something, ends up being an incompletion. Oh, like, that that slow developing thing that they did. That no one bought. Right. I mean, finally, like the fifth drive, and I think this is actually when he ends up getting the spot route throw, or the quick little throw to Dotson, is that they had that kind of fun little in-and-out fake, like you have Samuel coming in, and then he swings back out, and it's a little screen out there, almost even with the quarterback, and they get a couple yards. That was their first 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 down. That was their first first down. I would have 
started the game with that play. Mm-hmm. I would start the game with that play, then I would come back and I would have that little easy spot route. Boom, let's throw the ball, and then let's get Terry McLaurin on a 10-yard hook route. And you got to get a quarterback rhythm, and I never felt like he got into rhythm. So I think that was an issue early with Carson Wentz. But like you look at some of this stuff early, like I said, the first third and four, he just misses. There's an open receiver, mm-hmm. right? It's a common combination. Ernie Zampezi, everyone calls it Zampezi on defense. Zampezi created it. You run a crossing route, and then behind it, you run a little slant route. And you throw the little slant route. It's easy. It's open. You're reading the defenders. He's got the guy. Make the throw. The grounding is not good, but it's also, like, did they really look at this play because you got your tight end 87 who's sitting like he's Eights. a yard deep in the line of scrimmage, fully ready to pass protect, and he can't pass protect anyways. You get smoked by the DN. Your left t- or your right tackle's got his fingers like so lightly touching the ground that everyone on the defense is like, that is a pass. Get ready for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you get backed up after grounding the, the second 22, you run the ball, and then you have a crap screen on third down, and now you're literally two possessions in, and your quarterback hasn't completed a ball. I mean, a screen. The safety's ridiculous. Uh, like, it's obviously it's not great protection, but you got to know where you are, bro. Step up. And also, it is not just players; it's scheme. The safety on the third drive is what they're on the five yard line, four yard line. Yeah, and they're trying to run verts with comebacks on the outside. Like that's a slow developing route progression. I mean, it's not like you can just you don't have something immediately in front of you. Like, uh, but uh, even in saying that, he's in gun and he takes what was really almost seven steps. It's like a five-step drop out of gun. He's 10, 11 yards deep. And, yeah, they give up the sack, but the DN turning the corner is shooting for that corner at 10 yards. He's got to be up to eight yards. If he's going to take seven steps out of gun, he's got to then climb the pocket so he can get back up into the Did pocket. Did he even have a chance, though, on that? I mean, it, Leno gets yeah, beat so Yeah, he quickly. did have a chance. He did. He did. Like, Jahan Dotson's running a comeback on his right side. And here's what I would say, is if you know you have comebacks on the outside and you are in the end zone, throw it so freaking far into the bench over the comeback's head that you can survive the play. It, I mean, it's a safety. It very well could have been a fumble and six. A, you know, well, there was a fumble out of the end zone. He did fumble it. It wasn't a tackle. The ball's right, loose. No, it I, goes I, out I, of the I, end zone. Yeah, could have been six. Yeah. I just uh, – this is the one play I'm curious about because I, 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 see, I see the comebacks. I also see Gibson as a check down. But Leno gets beat. You know you, you know this. It's a, it's a, it's a loud – He's beat at 10 and a half yards. It, like, you've got to step up in front of that. He, but he's got to make the decision to step up so quickly. Does he really it think Leno's going to get beat that badly get, against a four-man rush? It's not – it's not a decision to make. When you take seven steps out of gun, you're, it's not a decision. You have to climb. Right, you hit that back step and you climb. You but hit he, the back step. But he, didn't get to the, he really didn't get to the back step almost. Well, it's because he takes 50, 50 steps. It's, I mean, if you take three decent steps out of gun, you're sitting at five. If you take three decent steps... You're at nine or ten on three decent steps. Mm-hmm. You don't need seven steps. And I think when I watch him over the first couple of weeks, is like he is 
uh, way excessive in his steps, in his extra hitches, in his moving in the pocket. It's it's excessive. He doesn't feel comfortable right now, especially in the first half. I mean, you go to the fourth drive and he takes a second down and ten sack. If you want to do this, and I'll log out of your account so you can do this. No, 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 don't, don't. You you need it. <laughs> but it's it's second quarter. Yeah. It's thirteen forty two in the second quarter. It's a second ten situation. He starts to step up into the pocket, and then he slides left. And I think he's got an opportunity to throw the ball initially, but he doesn't. But he slides left, and he slides right into Leto's guy. Look if he just runs. There is zero in the middle of the field. Yeah, zero people. If he climbs the a gap and just runs, this is the he's play after that. Him. This is the play after the slow developing screen thing that didn't work, which really. Given the pass rush, I don't know what what they were thinking about. But the play that you're talking about is when he 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 climbs and then he moves backwards and gets and gets hit by the rusher who had been taken out by Aiden yeah, Hutchinson. I mean, by, by Hutchinson. By what did you think of Hutchinson? By the way, number two pick in the draft. You know, I, maybe God. maybe something you didn't pick up on watching the All Twenty Two. He had three sacks and was dominant in the first half, and then he was gimpy and wasn't healthy. Uh, in the second half, which may have been part of the reason they were able to protect Wentz a little bit better. But the play you're talking about, I see what you're talking about. Totally. Well, I mean, that's just an easy play. Yeah. You don't like it downfield. I'm fine with that. But you should understand that in the coverage they're in, which I I guarantee he knows, just step up and run. Yeah. There's a huge lane. There is a huge lane. And that's, that's tough. I mean, he comes back in the second quarter. He just like he miss he he ends up missing Dotson Dotson down the middle of the field. Um, this is five minutes and twelve seconds in the second quarter. Dotson splits cover two defense on a run action pass. The there is down. no way the action holds the backers. There is no way this isn't wide open. He swings it out, and then the last play of the half is a stupid little thing. But, like, the Lions are incredibly soft. Throw Curtis Samuel the ball right now and see what happens. Right. He ends up throwing it into the back of the line. Yeah. They're like, what are you – like, what on earth are you doing? So what are you saying about Carson Wentz in the first half? That a lot of the lack you, of production and getting sacked four times was as much on him or more on him than the line? Both. Beca- both? Well, I think a lot of it's on the line, but I also think that there was never any rhythm throws. Right. Ever so, so it's on Scott Turner. So it's on Turner. So it's Turner, it's the quarterback, and it's the line, but it's a combination of all three of those. Yeah. Because if you can get that defensive line off their spot and not understanding when the ball's coming out, then it changes the way they rush. Now you get those D tackles thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm going to have to get my hands up at two yards because the ball's out in two seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I think it was a combination of all of it. And and when your quarterback clearly isn't comfortable back there, you don't sit there and go, God, I just drew up the best plays and they can't run them. You say, how do I get them into positions where they can feel comfortable to run the best plays that we have? 
you know, I also made a note where, you know, when, when things are like that, it's like, okay, can we, can we run the football? And they actually did attempt to run it until they were down 15 or 22, nothing, whatever. And then it was just straight drop back. And, you know, Gibson had one or two decent runs, but not really. And he, he followed up a, a decent run with a minus yardage run, which put him in, you know, like the, the I think it's the fourth drive of the game when they're down 12 nothing. I think Gibson yeah, rips off a, a six-yard run, and then he ends up – Logan Thomas blocks no one. They try to run this little sweet play to the outside, and he goes for minus one. For minus one, and now it's third and six instead of, you know, third and two or maybe a, a second down run. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, the second half was better. Yeah, I, the second half was a lot better. And I actually noted this, too. Here, here's another thing, and this changed in the second half a little bit. The first half of this ball game, like dead kickoff returns to the 15 and to the 16. Yeah, I know. Special teams were horrible. Field horrible. Po- field position but they start was out bad. with a great yeah. kickoff return that gets them into great field position, and they take a big shot and a run action, run action to Dotson. And then he ends up coming back, and he makes a hell of a throw, a hell of a throw to Samuel coming out of the backfield. And that's in an amazing catch. Yeah. Uh, and he makes a great throw to Terry McLaurin on the next drive right before the interception. But then the interception kills you. Like, it kills them in the situation where they're at. Yeah. Like, they go with the, the, the interception. They go with the run-action pass, right? Boom. He's trying to throw the ball to Logan Thomas in the middle of the field, but he's got to throw that ball over those linebackers. And when you throw that ball over the linebackers in front of the safeties, you'd love to be able to flatten that ball. You don't want to have to airmail that ball high, and he had to throw it high because he had to throw it over the backers. Right. All he's got to do is see those backers did not react at all to any of that run action and go, okay, here we go. Look at Jahan Dotson on the little bubble as an outlet. Right. It's eight yards. It's six yards. It's four yards. Who cares? It's 20. I don't know what it is, but it's an easy completion. And sometimes when you run all these run action things and your running game isn't very, isn't very good and they're dropping deep, take the underneath bubble throw, a quick throw, and now even on the run action they still have to respect anything underneath. You can't just take deep shot after deep shot. And he just hit three in a row. He's so yeah, they're going to be soft. He, he really is. Um, I think what we've seen in two games, he he has a short memory, and he will you know he will try to make some big plays down the field, including that one. And by the way, have you noticed that his misses? We said this about Taylor Heineke last year too, but his misses are high, and he's missed that seam route going back to preseason. Yeah, Logan didn't play in the preseason. Is it you know? Well, I mean, the ball to Logan Thomas isn't really a miss. If you want to throw that ball, the inter- that's where that ball had to be. The, inter- the, the interception. Then Logan Thomas tips it up, and it's a hell of a tip drill by Detroit. Well, the ball's He'll high. Get the, ball, but the ball's high. It's not. Well, where else do you want to throw it? It's gonna, you're going to throw it into the linebacker. Okay, so, throw it high. so what you're saying is he should not have thrown that ball. He should have. He should, yeah, he he should have thrown one, it to Dodson. And you say it's too. Yeah, as soon as those two backers in front of Logan dropped to 12 yards, they didn't even step up at all, which is all you're looking at right there. I mean, you see the coverage and you go, okay, i got to fit this ball over the backers, which means I need to flatten it in front of the safeties. As soon as I can't flatten it in front of the safeties, I don't throw the ball. It's over. 
Yeah, I see exactly what you're talking about. The play play action didn't move the backers towards the line of scrimmage at all. Not even even a half a step. They didn't even hold them. They just kept – they just went straight drop. Yeah, he's got to throw that to Dotson, and Dotson gets – Dotson gets, you know, eight yards and moves the sticks, minimum. Right. It's greedy. And there are times when I like gunslinging like that. But if you throw the – little swing, then you can gunsling another play. <laughs> right. right. You know, I mean, that holds them. That, that essentially works as a run off the run-action pass. Yeah. He did, he did bounce back. He had a big throw on a deep cross to Terry McLaurin. It's underthrown. It's a hell of a play by McLaurin. Oh, great catch. I mean, it's not a good ball there. Right. But a hell of a catch. Then they go with the McVeigh fake boot play, and they leak Samuel out of the backfield or across the line of scrimmage. He runs slow plays it. Gets down the sideline. That's big time. And then a really perfect timing to Logan Thomas on touchdown. It's that post and corner combination. But it's a fun – I actually love this play. You know, they're about five yards apart. The corner releases outside like he's going to go wide and go. The post releases inside. And then it hold, the inside post holds the two safety. Uh, l- let me let me get that play because I was looking at the the um, the, the play to – Sorry, the t- inside. Yeah, the, the touchdown the, pass. The inside. Uh, yeah. Corner is the corner, so I think it's Samuel. I can't remember who's outside, but he releases inside. They cross release this, and then Logan goes out vertical and then goes into the post. and It's a perfect timing throw, yeah. Very well done, very well executed. I wanted to ask you about the Samuel play before that, or two plays before that, because you, you glossed over the it pretty play. quickly. Well, I just loved the design of that play because. Um, if you go back to that play, and I know you were just talking about the pass to Logan Thomas, and I, and I, I agree with that, obviously. But the, 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 the McLaurin play you talked about, which was not well thrown. Um, but the thing that I love about this play is that the defense sees McKissick after the play action and the offensive lineman moving out to the, you know, like it's going to be a screen. And Samuel just sort of hangs around and then just leaks out and nobody pays attention to him. I don't know that I've seen a lot of this kind of design. I I understand the boot rolling left and then throwing back across the field. You see that, but I thought I thought the, you know, sort of look that it was a screen. It's a it's a McVeigh play? No. It's supposed to look like a boot. It's a boot you want to you know it was called boot leak. Boot leak? He he leaks. That's for sure. Nobody yeah, nobody that's, notices that's it. it. No, it's it's like eight Cooper Cup touchdowns over the last four years have been on that play. Yeah, it's funny because Gruden hated it, and Sean and Gruden always fought, and Sean wanted it in, and Gruden didn't think it was a great play. It's a Shanahan play, really. It's a Mike Shanahan play. But, but I... McVeigh's really run well. Kyle runs it a lot. It's a Mike Shanahan play. But when I understand the boot leak part of it, but the idea is to make the defense think after the play action to McKissick that it's a screen to McKissick, right? No. No? Well, why are all the offensive linemen out there in front of McKissick? That's what looked different to me. That's what made it look different. Because it's supposed to look like a bootleg rolling to his left. Yeah. And then you want them. So on a bootleg rolling to his left, what you're looking for right there is the corner or the safety to cut the crosser running across the middle of the field to the left. There's always a deep cross and usually a deep angle route to the middle of the field. A lot of times you send two across, and then 
any boot, you have a little down flat on the front side of it. So he fakes that run to the right, and he rolls to his left. And normally you have two, three guys crossing the field for you. Okay. The regular boot, you're hoping when you run right, they step to that direction, sure. and then you can throw behind them right. on the crossers. Right. But now you're, you're giving them a crap boot look. You're hoping that they overcommit to cut the crossing routes running across the field, and then that last dude sneaks behind everybody and runs all the way back to your right side. What did you think of the two-point conversion play after the Logan Thomas touchdown? I loved this play. I, I loved the two-point play. I thought it was excellent. Why did you like it? I liked it because it's well set up. It's well thought out. It's a, fa- it's a fake pick. It's like in basketball, and I, I explained this either, either to Tommy yesterday or the other day when I did my recap. You know, sometimes you slip a pick. Like you, you come to set a pick in basketball, and then you immediately roll to the basket. And so, you know, they're, wait, they're, they're watching and they're waiting for the pick to be set, and then the screener quickly slips it and goes to the bucket, and, and the defense is just standing still. Dotson fakes like he's going to, you know, they're going to run a pick play. And then he just slips right into the end zone. And I just loved, by the way, he's so good. And he sold it so well. I just, I love the, I love the design of that play. It's a great two-point no, play, too. No, I, I, I like it a lot, too. And the other part of the design of that play, Inside five play. Yeah. if you want to go back to what this play really, really looks like without, sometimes without the run fake, it, it is... Bill Walsh, and Bill Walsh called it sprint right, run it, and that inside receiver goes up two yards and it's hard to the flat, and it's tough to cover, but everyone sees that so often that they overcommit to covering Logan Thomas as he goes in the flat. So it's a takeoff of, you know, Walsh's essentially right. as well. Yeah. And, it, it, and I liked it because you use that little run fake inside to hold the D-line so he can get out to the right. Right. I mean, they're, un, they're, they're not blocking the defensive end. No, but it's it's the it's the the fly sweep action and then the inside run that holds the end so the quarterback is free. But this is like if I'm going to go for two with ten minutes left in the game, I want this play in my book. Well, <laughs> no, I, I hear you, but you know it would have been twenty nine fourteen at that point if you had kicked. <laughs> so. You would have been more likely than no, that. No, I understand. Yeah. But I, 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 I mean, but my favorite part of the play is the selling by Dotson that he's essentially going to pick, and he doesn't, yeah. and he never does. And they, 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 it's like they're waiting. Well, you for- know, the other, the other part of this play is if somebody else goes with Dotson and it's a different defense, the selling of the pick can actually be a pick. Uh, exactly. So Logan Thomas right. isn't dead. Exactly. But it's designed. It's designed. It's well done. It's designed for yeah. the defense to fall for the fake pick and Dotson to just slip right into the middle and be wide open. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, no doubt. But he still is going to read that mesh between the two. Yeah. All right. What's next? But yes, that is no. It's 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 very very well done. I see. I see. I, honestly, overall, I I can't imagine grading Wentz in the entire game higher than any form of a C minus. I didn't grade it. I would assume that's what it is. I I didn't think it was an excellent performance. They had yards late. Detroit was not in prevent. They played very soft after the next 
Washington touchdown. 36-21, yeah. But that's the only time yeah, that, that it, that's the only time it got a little bit soft. They were aggressive as Washington made it, you know, in in those first three scores. They didn't vary their game plan at all until that point. Right. Exactly. They played the same defense. Yeah. They they were versatile in coverages. And and when you say soft too, like Detroit will play soft too, which I did I think they did the first play of the game. Yeah, but it's not prevent. They're not always going to be an attacking aggressive defense. As far as blitzing, so they, they varied coverage throughout the game. I mean, it it was it was not a huge change in defense. So he goes twenty-one of twenty-nine for two hundred and seventy-eight yards and three touchdowns and one pick in the second half. And the best you can give him is a C minus for the game. I'll bet you I didn't grade it. I, I mean, I'll I'll bet you it's close to that. I don't I don't think he made dynamic plays to change the game throughout a lot of it. I, yeah, there were some good throws late in the game. I will give him that. I think he missed a lot of opportunities or some. I think he missed them in the first half. I think he cost them a lot in the first half of that game. And I think the pick is critical. Yeah. But I also don't think that they ever got him in rhythm, which isn't his fault. Well, I'll bet, well see what PFF grades him. I'll uh, bet they'll grade him like 74. I have no idea what they graded him. I don't pay for that. And don't pay I don't either. Look at it. Um, I don't know. I wasn't blown away by by Wentz's performance. It it was it was good in the second half. I will say this: what you have weapons, you yeah. have to get the ball in their hands. You, you got to get the ball in their hands. You got to get Terry more involved early in these ball games. It's two games in a row that McLaurin is. Like, what are his first half stats in the last couple games? I think last week he had one in the first half. This week he had zero. He had three targets, zero receptions in the first half. It's so funny. You build off Terry as the solid, this guy, we're going to get this dude the ball. And just, Terry's got to get yards after the catch. Uh, when you have all these weapons, you don't overlook Terry McLaurin. The three highest graded commanders on PFF uh, were Charles Leno Jr., who got beat on the safety, 76.6. Benjamin St. Juice, and I said yesterday, I think I I added him to, after watching it for a second time, I didn't think he played that poorly, 73.8, and Jahan Dotson was a 69.3. So to answer your question, you guessed Wentz would have been in the seventy low 70s. He was less than 69.3. We know that. Well, they're in their... I've always thought like sixty was a C minus if it's PFF. Okay. If it was close. Right. They're pretty they're pretty rough on some of the things. So my B minus was off, is what you're saying. No, that's your grade. It is my grade. I don't think I'm gonna change it. The the thing that you've changed my mind on a little bit is the first half because I just when I went back and watched it, I saw too many quick too many quick pressures. The the one thing I did say is that I think they should have that Turner needed to figure out how to get stuff quickly. You know, to your point, find some easy stuff. I agree, stuff. but the quarterback also has to have an answer for quick pressure. Right. You do. All it's right. a safety. Yeah. You got to know that you got to get that ball out of your hands, and even if you throw it into the bench over a comeback set, he knows he's got comebacks on the outside, so he knows that he could throw he can throw it. 
eight yards into the ground over there. You, what you definitely need to know when you're five yards deep in the end zone, you can't let them bat the ball out of your hand. <laughs> like that's just not acceptable. Uh, you know, it's you know what you see a lot of in road environments that are loud. And Detroit apparently was pretty loud on Sunday, and it's been really good there for the first two games of the year against the Eagles in, in Washington. When you're backed up into your own end zone as the as the opposing team, man, how often do you see quarterbacks not feel it and get hit? Because it's like the lineman isn't getting you know the proper jump sound wise, et cetera. You just see that so often in those situations when you're pinned against your own goal line because it just gets yeah. louder. You know the nature of the down and distance, the 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 you know the the starting the field position is louder. I understand. I, if you're telling me Detroit was that loud, then that's what you're telling me. Well, I I, I heard it was very very loud. Yeah. They believe in their lines. I've never. I'll tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you more. More than that play, the the interception. You, when you watch this, the way you described it, my God, just throw it to Dotson. Why are you trying to fit it when the backers didn't come up on your on your play action? Isn't that what a quarterback has to look at? Balls vertical. Yes, because you just hit three balls vertical down the field, and, and now you're Rex Grossman. <laughs> now you're aggressive and you're feeling it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. All right. That's uh, exactly what it is. Defense, why was it so awful? Well, before defense, if you wanted offense, and I had two things left. Okay, go ahead. Just a couple things. Please. I, I actually love when I do this stuff, and then I write things down, and I laugh to myself. So the Lions run this little sweep throw back to the quarterback and take a shot down the field. Right. In the second quarter. Yeah. And I, I get to where Washington somehow, and I, you don't see that play very often. Right. I, I, you know what, what's really weird. I've seen it like five times already in the first two weeks. It seems like there have been well, so many throwbacks, you know, laterals, lateral throwbacks to the quarterbacks so far this season. I've seen that play so many times, it seems like. But go ahead. Where did that play happen? So Scott Turner's sitting there so pissed off that they stole his play. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 right. Yes, yeah. (laughs) So then on a second and ten, in the terrible, in the worst situation, he's like, I'm running mine. I'm running it. (laughs) Screw it. Yeah, right. How'd it work like eight out? plays later, he pulls out the same play. Yeah, like, I'm surprised he didn't immediately go with it. I knew I was going to get that play called first. Yeah. I can't believe they took it. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. It was horrible. Oh my god! I mean, Cam Sims has no idea the ball. It, does he, why doesn't he even really look for it? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just uh, Detroit's like, yeah, uh, you're not getting this. This is this is not going to happen. Didn't you see? We just they had a couple other ones that I thought, I thought was interesting. It was like interesting. Uh, I think this is this is a third and six after the minus run, right? Yeah. After right. you you said they had a run for five. Yeah. Right. And then they had the minus run, and they go third and six. You know, like Detroit's playing man coverage. They try to run like the stock stock screen, 
like the two outside receivers pretend like they're going to block for a second and then go vertical in, on the widened screen. And this is where I say, like, Terry's not a double move guy, even though I say get him going. The worst stock against man coverage. Like, actually go block him or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't run a stock screen in third and six. Right. It's the third and 12 play. You're, you're, talk, you're, you're, talking, about the one, you're talking about the one where he just totally overshoots Terry he down the right sideline, yeah, the near sideline. Yeah. It was the left, it was the left side line, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, what are you calling? Um, I didn't like the balance that they had, especially in first down play calls. I thought none of the drive openers really tied. I, I think those are great opportunities to get plays. I don't think Turner got any any of the first four drives going effectively. And when they got uh, runs on the first play, like you got like the first drive is a run for four yards. We got to get a we got to get yards on the second down. We got to get more yards on second six situations. So I didn't love the balance and some of the stuff like I thought he had last week in the first half of the ball game. Mm-hmm. I thought he got to some shots that he wanted and had some opportunities to get into a rhythm as a play caller in the second half. But there's I mentioned it a bunch of times now. You got to get your offense going. You got to find a way to get your offense going. You got to find a way to get them into plays where you can get into third and twos at least, or you have some balance. I don't think they have balance. I still think they're going to struggle to run the football. I don't think they're good enough up front, which is crazy right now. But I also don't think that they're committed enough to running the football. Like, your inside guns and guard pull force plays. I don't. I don't think it's committed enough, and I don't think it's balanced enough. So I didn't love Turner throughout, especially the first half of this game. I think he did get in rhythm a little bit later in the game. So that's your. I, th- I think Brian Robinson Jr. So many weapons, was. Buddy. There's, yeah. There's so many weapons, and it's like uh, the fake reverse screen. Right. I know you ran a reverse last week, yeah. and I know you're trying to build off that, but they end up having a decent reverse later in the game. Right. Like they're showing them looks that they haven't seen to, to run plays that, I don't know. You know, something that you said, and I, I know we've probably talked about this, but like when you watch any NFL game with, a, with an offense that isn't you know managed by Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, it's like what's so crucial for those teams with those, you know, middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks or the lower-end quarterbacks is when you start a drive, get a fucking first down. You've just got to somehow get one first down. And then it's like this deep breath. And by the way, now the defense has been on the field for, for a little bit. And it just seems like if you can get that first first down, drives usually, you know, you've got a much – Obviously, you need first downs. I, I'm, I'm saying that, but that first first down is is such a, a a relief to everybody involved, and it's almost like okay, now we can start to run stuff. So, like every drive should start with how do we get this first first down? You know, we're gonna go, we're gonna run a boot on first yeah. down, and we're gonna get you know seven, you know, to our fullback or to our tight end, and then we're gonna come back with a gun run and move the sticks. I mean. It, it, but when you don't, when you don't get a first down like they didn't on their first five drives, man, the pressure just builds and builds and builds. I mean, they did not get a first down until that throw to Dotson, 
with like five minutes to go in the in the in the second quarter. It was their sixth drive of the game. Anyway, it's insane. Anyways, and then all the street like the gimmick stuff or the easy like swing screen stuff, the outside stuff, get the ball and the. I like that stuff early. I hate some of the like inside setup screen stuff. I love it after you go the first drive of the second half and you go big shot to Dotson, another ball on a uh, as a touchdown to Samuel. Then you come back and you hit Terry McLaurin on a deeper cross. Now all of a sudden, in, instead of throwing that interception where the backers are incredibly soft because they're like, okay, well you just beat us on three deep balls down the field, so we're not going to step up and play it. Then you throw the screen. Last anyway, last week he had all of those plays. Remember that first third down, the bunch, and you're like, "Oh my god, he couldn't wait to run it." Uh, oh, yeah. He knew it would work. But I I would have been excited to run that as well. All right, let's get to the defense next. Let's do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Okay, you covered uh, the offense. What the hell happened to the defense? All right, so I want to start with just a couple plays that kill you. They had just scored, I think, to make it twenty-two fifteen, mm-hmm. and then St. Brown gets the fly sweep right for fifty-two yards. Yeah, it you had momentum. Yeah, and now you lost it. And if you pull that play up and watch it again. They use a lot of fly sweep action. They obviously run fly sweep. Right now, Jamin Davis and Forrest are still chasing run. Yeah. Like today. You stay in the middle of the field. Uh, Davis, maybe you want him to bounce earlier. He never sees. He's, he is over the center by the time the ball is outside the numbers. But so is Forrest, and he's the safety in the middle of the field. What are you looking at? The receiver obviously had the ball. Yeah. Please stop running into the middle of the field. <laughs> like, my God. And then watch the play. Like, what the fuck is Jackson doing? Oh, uh, t- totally Please turned around. Him. Has no idea. What the corner's doing out there. Nothing. He's doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Juice runs into an offensive lineman, and it, this is not even a contest. This is... Uh, like, a freebie. This is uncontested for 50. He's not even – he doesn't even have to make a move. And if Juice doesn't run him down, then it's over. I mean, it's, like he's, that's the first time he's touched or even makes a – like he never even makes a cut. He just whoop, whoop, right around the edge, and there he goes. Like this isn't a new play in the NFL. No, it's not. Lots of teams run this play. So what, what, what happened – I mean, first of all, Contain, contain, what contain, is right? Nine guys out of 11 are chasing the I, I don't know if it was Swift in but, but, or whoever it is, but nine out of 11 are still trying to tackle the running back. But why isn't the corner, Jackson, under. First of all, what, what, is he in man coverage? He's in man coverage, isn't he? And Derek Forrest has. Derek for, uh, St. Juice has. Uh, St. Brown as a responsibility as a cover because he's got the motion guy. He's got the fly sweep guy in this case. Yeah, he's got the fly sweep guy, but St. Juice ends up getting blocked by the receiver. I know. But when the receiver goes in, like you see fly sweep action, and the receiver goes in to crack the DB coming so over. So do you just switch? Like, could you maybe replace as the corner? Like, yeah, right. Instead, Jackson also tries to block St. Juice, 
running into the like maybe he's still chasing forty six. The running, I know, I know. Like he is literally not. He never sees it until St. Juice runs into him and turns him around. He's all the way on the edge. Let me ask you a question about this play. Outside the numbers, does Sweat have any responsibility on this play or not? For some contain. Yeah, Sweat would have outside contain responsibility, but that's why you run this play because he's also got that down gap. It's not, it's, yeah, it's Sweat. He's also got that gap, that yeah. backside cutoff gap for the run. Right. So this play is, you essentially run this play counting on the fact that a D end is not going to make this tackle. Right. They don't. You leave the D end unblocked yeah. on a fly sweep. <laughs> but I mean, you watch the rest of the defense. Jamin Davis is still over the center. The ball carrier is 20 yards downfield. Forrest is... <laughs> he is... Like, Davis has... makes it into the screen as the free safety on the end of the play. Yeah, and it's not that great of a fake by, by Goff either. Well, it's not a fake. You don't even have to fake. It's just you give it to him, and you're hoping to get seven or eight because you want to continue to use that motion for your run action. Uh, for like, it's a token play. It's a gimmick play to be able to use that to set other things up. So the bottom line is Jackson and St. Juice have to like switch. I mean, immediately Jackson's got to pick up St. Juice's guy, which is the motion guy, St. Brown, and he doesn't do it, and he never sees it to begin with. Well, you'd like him just to step up and make a tackle on the open field. <laughs> like he's unblocked, he's untouched, he's on the edge, he's free. Like just go up and make a tackle. It's a six-yard game. They, it was a. You got caught in a defense you didn't want to be caught in. It was a good call against that defense. Come on. But even more, you'd like the safety to be able to make that play at like 16 yards. Right. <laughs> so then they come back with, with one of the, like, what, two plays later, it's third down? Yeah. And this, is, this one's baffling to me. Right? It's third down in, what, 22? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. No, it's third down and 15. They are on the 23-yard line going in, third and 15. Right, so you're, you're in field goal range. You, even if you sack them, let's say you take an eight-yard loss. Yeah, yeah, this is, this, this, the, is 30, the, this is the Swift play. This is the Swift play. The, the DeAndre Swift play. Yeah. So they are sitting on the 22-ish yard line. Right. Even if you take a big sack here and you knock him back to the 32. It's a fish. They're playing five over the top on the markers at 15, mm-hmm. like four flat with one safety deeper. And they're rushing six. They're yeah. essentially all outing them. It was a great, didn't it's you think, out. didn't you think Goff did a great job here? Yeah, he does do a great job, but why are we all outing them at the 23 at third and, on 15. Third and 15? I know. Well, maybe to get they're, maybe they're, to, maybe to get that sack maybe to get the sack to knock him out of field goal range because of the penalty you declined. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, it's it's a good maybe, point. I mean, maybe to get that sack, but I mean, when you like, uh, no, you're you're right. Third and fifteen. I mean, field position. Like, even if you get a sack, they're still in field goal range. Yeah. So let's not all out them. Well, he hit, well, but then yeah. I I don't I think this is like the first time I've seen this and in, in, it's been a long time. The running back catches the ball at the 18 yard line. He then falls down. Yeah. <laughs> he has to pick himself up on the ground, and McCain misses the worst tackle ever. The new Ryan Kerrigan runs right by him, wearing number 91. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
St. Juice misses. New Ryan Carroll. Kendall Fuller misses badly. Uh-huh. William Jackson's loafing. You're like, there's no way. There is literally no way. I, I, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. But they weren't. You had all the momentum, and then you gave up the two dumbest plays of all time. So, do you give one, how much credit do you give Swift? How much two. credit do you give Swift before you do your one and two? I mean, this guy is a really good back, and you know he was—he didn't practice all week with a gimpy with a gimpy ankle. He's a—he's a star. That's a hell of a play, too. But I understand. Go ahead. What was your one and two? You had three guys, four guys converging on him in the eighteen. I, 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 one, one cut, two cuts. He made two cuts, two cuts. This isn't Barry Sanders on this play. It's very good run. It's very good. Like they made him look like he was wearing number twenty. They killed them. They're back in the ball game. Yeah. What else? So well, we'll get just hear the defense here. Um, The other big play, Swift for fifty. Yeah. Early in the game. Yep. You're on the road. D line should not be laid off the ball. They're laid off the ball. I and you said this Allen wasn't Allen wasn't full speed or right. Allen was banged up a little bit. Yeah. I mean he ends up getting played behind the ball. Juice takes on a block with the lineman. Fuller's got a horse crap fill. He they get not like I don't even know if it's touch football, if Fuller unblocked as a corner filling, if he even touches him. Forrest has a bad angle. This is an embarrassing play on his own run. It's just bad defense. They couldn't stop counter throughout the day. You know, some stunts, but you're playing behind blocks. You got to play through blocks when they're a power run team. You got to really stone guys. You got to hold them up at least at the line of scrimmage. They're getting moved too much on double teams. Their linebackers are terrible in terms of react and instinct. Uh, They gave up as much through the air, which killed them in the run. But there's, there's more big plays that were out there. How about the, well, right at the end of the half, with 22 seconds left, Chark runs down the middle of the field. Oh, I know, wide open. And wide the team doesn't isn't able to run with him. And I, like, to me, that looks like they're playing. McCain is a half safety. So on the defensive right, McCain's a deep half safety, and the other two, Jackson and Forrest, look like they're playing a quarters coverage. So it's quarter, quarter, half. Yeah. So you got to have your backside corner. That that Chark ends up being in that deep zone on the defensive left. Like your backside corner's got to back up to that. Yeah, I, they I, don't talk well. They don't communicate well. I mean, there's like, oh, shoot, the first of the game, man. Like they they're in a bunch situation. There's a miscommunication on a switch release, yeah. and it's an, like no talking. No, like talking's not good enough. Communication's not good enough. They're not good enough at the line of scrimmage. They're not playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And they're not covering very well, especially, well, really, on both levels. I mean, you can't put, like, Hol- I said, by the way, I said put Holcomb instead of Davis on some of these receivers. He got beat a bunch this game. He didn't play well. Just, I don't know. You know, the... the- and I think that the other thing early in this game, I think that they, and I... I I don't know exactly how I feel about this because I don't think that they're as good up front as they have been in the past. 
is they're trying to play like a five-down look to everything early yeah. in this game. They switched in the second half to four-down. Yeah. You're trying to play five-down with one backer and then a nickel coming into the box. Yeah. When you're getting pinned and moved to the line of scrimmage and you don't have any backers filling gaps, you're getting gassed. Right. Yes. Because there you've already passed five guys. Right. Hey, on the first third down that you mentioned, and you just quickly went through that they blew a coverage, but this got a lot of attention because Amon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown said afterwards, we knew that that bunch look would confuse them. And Derek Forrest basically you know, admitted that he said it was more scheme. I mean, he basically called out the coaches for the scheme. But that first play was was much talked about this week afterwards. Um, that they just they saw it with Jacksonville that they were going to be confused by that bunch look, and they clearly were. That's the the first one where you know to to to, to Amon Ross uh, St. Brown for forty nine yards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, these are not that complex defensively, and the way <laughs> the way I always looked at it. And the way we always talk about it is when you get in those bunch and stack sets, if the corner and the safety or the corner and the nickel DB look at each other and they talk to each other, then they're trying to play in and out on that coverage, which means somebody's going to, whoever releases inside, they're going to lock the inside. Whoever releases to the outside, the other dude's going to lock the outside. And pre-snap, they clearly communicate with each other. It's McCain and Jackson. Right. But McCain ends up taking Hawkinson who goes inside first. He's the inside of most of the bunch, and nobody comes over the top to take Brown. He's got to pass Hawkinson off. That's not the, di- that's not the guy he's in and outing. You know, I mean, or, or, or he's locking. Actually, sorry, let me, let me stop myself right there. It's St. Juiced and Jackson. McCain is right, locked yeah. on Hawkinson. Yeah, exactly. He's fine. So St. Juiced at the point. And so, essentially, what I think is happening is St. Juiced is supposed to just take the inside receiver. I'll bet it's St. Juiced. Who knows? Who knows? They communicate, and they mess it up. One of them's got to take the inside release. One of them's got to take the outside. You know if they don't look at each other, if they do not look at each other and communicate, they are locked on. Right. They're locking it. If they do communicate, they're in and out of that. And you love when guys communicate. And the quarterback's looking at that. He's watching to see if those two talk to each other when he knows there's a man-covered situation. Isn't there a way to signal without talking to each other? Because it's a tell. It's a tell. Yeah. Can right? you just say something? Well, I mean, I mean, you, you always, I mean. I always thought, you know what I always thought you should do? What? Is communicate when you are locking. You just switch it up. Yeah, if you are going to lock, look at each other five times. You go, yeah, 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 yeah. Helmet turn, helmet turn. I mean, it's but you know, it's 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 amazing. Like like I'll never forget before that Dallas game when you had exactly all of the checks that Dak Prescott had, and you went to tell them, and they wouldn't listen to you. But it was like so hard to, it was so easy to figure out. And you were right about all of them. You're sitting there calling the game. You're like, Dak, just check to this. Watch what, watch what, what happens. And so, I mean, the fact that you can, you know, these tendencies and even these signals, 
you, they, you can study and catch on to them. I don't know why anybody would keep the same signals two weeks in a row. Well, most teams communicate in and out this way, but I, I hear you. Because people don't. Because people don't catch on. I don't know. Okay. I, I just, I, don't, I, don't, I think that the defense is struggling some with players. Here's one thing I would say, though, that I think is interesting watching this defense. I think Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle were good players. And they were consistent run-stop players. Why don't you keep those guys? <clears throat> they were both were like both fifth-round picks or fifth- and sixth-round picks. Like, when you get fifth- and sixth-round picks that develop, just keep them. Well, Ioannidis didn't want to be here. He didn't like Mills. They fired Mills before the season started. I don't even know if we talked about that. Um, no, I understand. I understand that, and I know that. I know. I, I get where he's coming from, but try to keep him so he wants to be here. Yeah, like, I know. They're not. They're. I mean, from what was an unbelievably built D line, they're not that. Did you? You know, in, in three years, we we both noticed how dominant Deron Payne was in the opener. I actually he, he was good this game as well. He had he had some he's had some incredible plays, but it's hard to grade anybody that well on defense, right? I thought St. Juice was okay, except for when they didn't replace each other there. But that was more on Jackson. St. Juice was okay. I mean, I, I wrote positives defensively. And here are my list of positives. Jamin Davis, really good coverage on the running back on the rail shot in the end zone on the second drive. Right, yeah. Swift. Before Washington did this, I love the double pass trick play, which was not a Washington positive. (laughs) And positive number three, thank God Payne had a pressure and a quarterback hit with 8-16 in the third, or there's a huge play down the middle to, is Charcourt number four? Uh, yeah, Chark is four. I think he was, yeah. There's no way that that Jackson gets back into that picture and it's six. And I think Payne had some decent plays. But seriously, you look at this game, you knew Detroit was going to run the ball. You thought you had a plan with a five-man front. You know how many uh, tackles for loss they had in a run game? Zero. Zero tackles for loss. Yeah. Zero. They gave up a couple 50-yard plays, but even at that, you take out like two of the Goff move-around plays where you can they averaged over 4.5 yards to play without those two plays. Right. And they did whatever they wanted, throwing the ball down the field, essentially. It was not good defense. Not good. Nope, and Philadelphia is coming to town. Will you tell us about that on Friday? I would love to. Okay. Good job today. I appreciate it. That was not fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, well, I actually I've, enjoyed last week. I thought there was a lot of fun stuff coming out of last week. I thought there was a lot of smart stuff. I don't, and I, told, I think I told you, I can, you know, when I'm drawing stuff up and drawing plays from the game that I like, I didn't. I don't think I drew anything. Yeah, <laughs> just team. Right. Detroit wasn't great. It was just they out executed. Well, I think you that that two point play was a, a play you can draw up. I like the two-point play yeah, with Dotson. I have that, that two-point play is drawn up, buddy. I have that okay. I have that one in the book. All right. Uh, we will do this again on Friday. I appreciate it. See you, Kev. All right. That's it for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.